Hi, this is Monica Clark Official, and you're listening to the Million Dollar Mind Podcast. So what's going on, millionaires? You're listening to the Million Dollar Mind Podcast, episode 149, on embracing your abilities to manifest and create... Okay, so I am Monica Clark official and um I've I I am a business owner. I own a hair salon. Um we're located in Maryland and I was also a stylist behind the chair doing hair and running the business as well. And I my desire was always to bring on stylists and not have to work so much and um be able to, because I was working every day and I didn't want to work every day. And I just was thinking like, how can I get out of this trap? Like I felt trapped and um, I never really felt like I had a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So I was working, I was doing my clients, I was making money, but I never really had a lifestyle. Um, and it was almost as if I started living vicariously through my client as I would do their hair for them to go out and have their lifestyle, but I didn't have a lifestyle of my own. So, um, in terms of manifestation, which we'll get to a little later, um, I used to always see myself not working every day and I didn't know how it would happen, but, I just kept seeing it. Like I saw it one day, like not like being able to retire. And I used to say, I'm going to retire at 40. I'm going to retire at 40. I'm going to retire at 40. Not knowing that I would retire soon at 40, but I just always would say like, I'm going to retire at 40. Um, And I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know the power of manifesting. Um, But I was creating the life that I wanted. I was creating even to the point of I I opened my first salon when I was 23 years old. And even that, I saw it first. I saw my salon busy. I saw my salon full of stylists. I saw my salon full of clients sitting in the chair. Like I I saw it. And I, I believe that everything happens twice. I believe once in your mind and then next in real life. Um, mm-hmm. so I always tell people if, if you want something really bad, um, don't just push it away or don't think that it's impossible because if you came up with that thought in that vision, that thought in that vision was for you. Everybody doesn't have that same thought and vision. So if you think of something that you really, really want, um, don't just throw it away in your mind, like keep it on the forefront of your mind and think about it all the time. Sometimes we we have bad thoughts and we'll keep thinking about those bad thoughts over and over again. Um, but when we have good thoughts or thoughts that something great could possibly happen to us, we don't like to we we think that it's impossible and we stop thinking about them or we throw those ideas away. When we should be keeping those thoughts and thinking about those thoughts all the time and stopping the negative thoughts in our in in our traps so um one thing i always tell people is like when you're when you're having a negative thought like or if you're speaking something negative 
always stop yourself before you complete it. Like, like start being mindful and -hmm. it'll become a thing that you just stop doing altogether and you'll start thinking more positively. This is the Million Dollar Mind Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the world's most trusted podcast for passion and attraction. And you're in the right place if you were here looking for money-making tips to living a more passionate life in a nutshell. And you just heard a little bit from our guest for this evening, Monica Clark. She is a lifestyle and travel enthusiast. If you follow her page, you see she's always sharing these amazing, lavish places that you definitely want to try out in your lifetime. She's an influencer. And again, like I mentioned, the owner of the hair company USA. So let's 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 dive right in, Monica, because I do want to learn a little bit more about your experiences, but not just your experiences, but more so the expectation. When you made the decision to pursue this journey of becoming an owner of your own hair salon, what was the difference between the expectation and how the journey actually went? That's what I'm, that's what I'm very curious about. Tell us a little bit about that. Wow. Wow. So my expectation when opening up my business was that, you know, like, if you build it, they'll come, you mm-hmm. know? <laughs> and it didn't quite work that way. So, um, actually, what I learned, okay, so when I first started my business, um, I had a very difficult time finding staff, finding workers to work at the salon, Um When I first started, it was just me and one other stylist. And at the time, I had 13 chairs. Now I have 20. And I didn't know, like, how I was going to afford the space with only one other stylist. So I had to, like, really, really work hard um, and build the clientele. And when I went to start doing hair in my own salon I didn't have a clientele Mm -hmm. so that was very different for me so I was just so I was just built I was building myself as a business as a hairstylist and I was also building my business and I didn't realize that people prey on uh new business owners like like all types of marketing companies Oh, we can market your company. We can, you know, just pay us this amount of money. Um, oh, I can coach you. Oh, it was just every turn. It was like people were just asking for money. Like <laughs> right. <laughs> outside of just like the regular bills that I had to pay, it was just it just it just seemed like it was just so much money. <laughs> um, and so, and you know, as a new business owner, you have to pay. You, you have to pay for your equipment and stuff inside the salon. You have to pay for your signage outside the salon, which is expensive. Um, you have to pay for your website, your marketing, your flyers. Like, it, everything costs. And I thought that going in, into my business that I was going to be paying for my rent and utilities. I didn't, I didn't factor in I knew I would have to pay for the furniture and stuff, the furniture, but I didn't factor in all the additional costs that it costs to run a business. So, um, and I was very young. I was 23 years old. So I, I, you know, it was like trial and error. Um, 
Now, so you... that was a big expectation. That I, no, that, no, I was just saying that was a big um, expectation. Just the, the cost involved. I didn't really realize the cost that would, would be in, involved in running a business. Got it. Got it. And um, now, uh, of course, going back, being very young at 23, were you like, did you start off working at other salons prior to starting your own salon? Give us a little bit of a timeline as far as like from experience. Like I'm assuming that you started a salon because you had experience, you know, doing these things and you were passionate about being a stylist. But have you ever had experience like working in a in another salon to kind of see how those things operated before? No, I did not. <laughs> so I worked, I worked one summer. Mm-hmm. I worked one summer at a hair salon being a shampoo assistant. And I wanted to learn about doing hair because I learned how to do hair. And I received my cosmetology license when I was in high school. So when I got out of high school, I worked as a shampoo tech. And I, w- I wanted to learn, but I was just the shampoo text, but they didn't want, they didn't want me to really elevate. They wanted me to stay shampooing and I wanted to learn how to blow dry, how to flat out, how to curl, but they, they wanted me to stay their shampoo tech. And, mm-hmm. um, the, the hair industry is very tight knit, like in terms of like industry secrets. So you can't really go to other hairstylists and ask them to teach you certain things because they keep their secret to how they do things very guarded. And when you ask, they may give you A and C, but leave B out. So they're not really going to teach you everything that they know in terms of a specific subject. So that was something that was really difficult for me. And... um I used to tell myself when I left from being the shampoo tech, I used to tell myself because I I had such a hard time to have, because I didn't really know how to do hair and I had such a hard time asking stylists to help me because every time I ask a stylist, oh, I'm going to teach a class soon. I'll show you when I teach my class and the class will never come. So, um, and we all know how that goes, (laughs) but, uh, what I ended up doing is I wanted a salon. Like when I was in high school and I was in college school, my goal and desire was to be a salon owner, but I didn't really believe that I could do it. And I definitely didn't believe that I could do it at the age that I did it in. But I had a cousin that was a business, a very business minded person. And he told me to do it. And even him telling me to do it, I still didn't believe that I could do it. But I believe that he believed. And I just borrowed his I just borrowed his belief. So sometimes in life, people may say that you're good at certain things and you may not see it. <laughs> but whenever people say you're good at things, I think you should always take it into consideration, even if you don't agreed sometimes you say you you should definitely take things in consideration because a lot of times people see things in you that you don't see in yourself Mm -hmm. so i borrowed his belief and um we started looking for properties and after we started looking for properties we found something and 
buying you, this is all when I still didn't know how to do hair. I had a license, but I really didn't know how to do hair. So um, we, we found some properties uh, and he told me to find out how to get your business license and how to register it and everything. And so every day he would say, well, what did you do today? Or what did you do about the business today? And he just stayed on me until one day we looked up and we were signing the lease. And we were supposed to be partners. And so I didn't want to let him down. So it's funny. I never tell anybody this story. But the day after we signed the lease, he just, like, disappeared out of the business. Like, you know, he just he just pretty much did that to make me feel like like we were going to be partners because he knew I would be comfortable being partners, but he knew I wouldn't do, do it on my own. Mm-hmm. So, and that's just kind of how it went. And it sounded so, like he was a mage. You know, I, like, he was, like, sent I, to you. It sounded like he was a mage. Like, he was sent to you by God. Like, <laughs> yeah. this guy just disappeared, got you started in your own business, didn't even have the experience, and here you are now with, with your own salon and just running things. How, yeah. how did... So, all right. So that's like, that's a very ballsy move, right? So you going from, uh, it sounds like shampoo tech, if I'm using that word, right. To now salon owner, um, doing this by yourself. I'm sure you had tons of opportunities where the limiting beliefs were unreal. Like how did you find the courage? How did you find the goal to just continue to push through these limiting beliefs, push through some of these obstacles and find some type of solution so that you don't let this person down that really disappeared. Um, well, he, he disappeared out of like helping me with the business, okay. but he didn't really like, if I had a question, I needed him for something. He was still there, but I never really asked him for anything because I, I knew, I knew what he was doing, you know, mm. like, so I, I, I always would try, you know, do my best to figure things out before I would actually end up needing him for anything. So, um, but there were times that I did have a lot of limiting beliefs. There, there were, and in, in those, those times actually made me a lot strong because I didn't know how I was going to get staff. Um, mind you, I didn't know how to do hair. Uh, I, I, I knew how to do hair enough like just enough, you know, but I knew how to make women feel good. So I knew that if, I mean, there were times I would like, when I first started doing hair and they would look in the mirror and I'm like, I love it. I'm thinking you do, you know, but I knew if I made these women feel good, they will stick with me until I got better. So most women, you, 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 you'll do someone's hair and the next day you, it's kind of gone anyway. So if I did someone's hair just good enough, they would probably go in the car and fix it themselves or move the part or they would do something to their hair themselves. So, um, but they enjoyed the time that they spent with me. And I, I learned that early on. Cause I couldn't really figure out like, why are these ladies coming back? <laughs> like, you know, but, but they, they enjoyed that. I was young. I was a business owner. They probably felt bad. For me, I don't know, but um, I just, I just kept, I just kept my clients, and they would tell their friends, and um, 
I used to, I was specializing in hair care. So I was, you know, teaching them that I would teach them how to grow their hair, how to make their hair healthier. So it wasn't really about the look because I knew I couldn't give them that. So um, I got better. I just kept, you know, you keep doing something enough, you just get better. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and I got better. Um, but those were like really my limited beliefs. Like every time I would do a client, I didn't think that they were going to come back. Like right. that was like my biggest limited belief. And when they came back, I was like, wow, they must really like me. So <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. And it sounds like earlier on, the main thing that led to a lot of your success, Monica, was your abilities to your abilities to create an experience, right? It sounds like you were just really good at creating an experience that made people just want to be around you, want to come back, want to continue to uh, have that salon talk or have that salon experience. Uh, And then as you got better and better, that was just more so now an added bonus to the skills that you developed. And I heard you mention a couple of times, just kind of the process of like hiring staff, finding new styluses, what were some things that you learned along the way from where you were at the at, at the beginning stages of having this problem to where you are now? Did you find that it was developing like a, a salon culture or was it more so just attracting them? How did how did you solve that problem? Um, so the biggest thing with um, hiring stylists is like retention, because sometimes just like myself, there are other stylists that are up and coming and they want to learn. But Mm. I know that like, like that became like my secret weapon. Like I knew that I know that this industry is very like quiet and people don't like to teach. It's, it's a little different now with like YouTube and Instagram because now people want to monetize on what they know. So they'll make like a, 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 a YouTube video or, or something like that showing what they do or on Instagram, they'll probably like do a video showing what they do and how they do it because that's a way that they get other clients, but it wasn't mm-hmm. always that way. Like we didn't have YouTube and Instagram. Back then, so um, we probably had, it probably was YouTube, but there wasn't like a lot of hair tutorials and stuff like that on YouTube back then. So, um, so my secret weapon was I was willing to teach up and coming stylists. So if there was an, it was new stylists that just got their license. And so I would market to the hair schools to find stylists. And I knew that I would teach them what I know because most people wouldn't. And people wanted to work with me because they had probably tried other places or tried working at other salons and people wouldn't teach them. And I would market that I would help and teach them and train them after cosmetology school. Because cosmetology school only teaches you the basics. So I kind of used that to my advantage to get stylists. But the disadvantage would be that once they learn things that they know that they move on. So I just had to have that be my understanding and I don't know what happened. Oh, I just had to have that be my understanding and know that I would have to keep revolving Mm -hmm. stylists 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that 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 yeah. makes a lot of sense. So it's like knowing the retention is just like you already have the expectations. Like they're going to come here, they're going to get what they want, and they're going to be out. And it's just more so having a process to keep stylists kind of on standby or in rotation. It sounds like um, exactly. Di- mm-hmm. So now fast forward to where now we are in this this era, I guess this this time of COVID where things at first just changed drastically. Did you have to create new ways to do business after COVID first hit? Um, yeah. <laughs> so when COVID first hit, um, we were still taking, we were still, before they closed the salons down, other things were closing down. Cause like hair salons were one of the last things to close. Well, at least in, in my area, hair salons was one of the last things to close. So, um, I did used to get a lot of grief because I market on Instagram. I would get a lot of grief from people, um, saying, why are you all still open? People are getting COVID. You all are being a place where people can come and get COVID, you know, (laughs) but by law, we can still be open. And by law, we were still open. And um, so that was a little tough because people were afraid and people were telling us, like, uh, um, you know, y'all need to shut down so we we can get this over with. And the faster people stay in the house, the the quicker this will be over with, you know, because this was at a time when they were saying that two weeks is going to be gone. (laughs) Um, You know, if we shut down for two weeks, then everything will be back to normal. And um, so. We we stayed open as long as we could, and then when we closed down, there were actually still a lot of people that would send us like messages, like "Hey, can you come to my house?" Different things like that. But we never did that. We just um, we just kind of stuck it out. Um, I started selling products online. I started selling like hair products online and things like that. But um. Other than that, we just kind of stuck it out because that was around the time where they kept saying it might only, you know, they kept giving date, reopen dates, but mm-hmm. we were expecting dates sooner than was reality. So, right, right. Um, but as soon as we were able to open back up, they allowed us to open back up at 25%, then 50%, then 100%. So, okay. That, that makes um, a lot of sense. But, yeah, but a lot of stylists didn't come back. A lot of stylists just stayed home. Like, a lot of stylists, they just did their unemployment thing and loans and everything else, and a lot of stylists didn't come back. Yeah, and I think that's the case for a lot of businesses right now, not just with stylists, but just in general, people, uh, once COVID hit, you know, there's opportunities where people can make now money from home, and it's just people just found a way to just get get by with doing no work or or just less work in, in general, not having to leave the, the comfort of their home. But the reason why I asked that question was just because that was something that was just drastically new when it first hit. And so I mm-hmm. wanted to kind of use that to lead into my next question, which is kind of like knowing what you know now, what is what was like the thought process or what is your thought process for you know, when you have to jump into something new or when you have to make these adjustments, whether it's COVID or not, whether it's, you know, a new business endeavor or just in general, jumping into anything new, what's your thought process now? Um, 
That's a good question. <laughs> um, I'm really, really open to like new businesses, new ideas. Um, I would say maybe like six months to a year ago, I was afraid though because they kept making it seem like we were going to have another shutdown. So every business venture that I wanted to do or open up another salon or whatever, whatever business venture I was thinking about, I was thinking, uh, I might not want to do that because what if we have another shutdown? Like, like that was like always my thought process. Like, what if we have another shutdown? What if we have another shutdown? So that definitely, I would definitely say like crippled my business in like not doing things to my fullest potential because I was always thinking that what would I do if we have another shut? Like I survived one uh, and I, I survived one when I saw a lot of businesses not survive one. A lot mm-hmm. of businesses, a lot of salons closed, a lot of other businesses closed and I survived. So, you know, it, it was like, I just didn't, I, you know, I don't know if it was luck, but it's like, I didn't want to press my luck, I guess. Yeah. And it's more so like you do it one time that kind of builds the confidence. Like a lot of the fears and these things that come like, Oh, what if I can't do it? The limited beliefs come when we're entering something, you know, new and it's like, we, it's, it's unknown. So it's like, once you get through it the first time and that unknown becomes known, then you kind of build up the confidence to where it may not have even crossed your mind. Now, what am I going to do the second time around? Because you did it the first time around. So that, that, that even makes a lot of sense. So um, as we um, as we start to wrap things up, because I do want to you know respect your time, Monica, because I appreciate you just coming on here and just dropping some gems and telling us a little bit more about your story. Um, if you could tell us, like, for you personally, out of your experiences, what are three keys to creating the life you desire, being able to do the things that you want, live the life that you want, um, travel to the place that you want to travel? What are what is Monica's three keys to creating a life of desire? Okay, three keys. Um, one, I would say, um, take care of things as fast as you can. So, if something is like if if you have an email that you have to respond to, or a, a phone call that you have to call back, or different things like that, like. Get on top of things as quick as quickly as possible so that you can leave space for the next thing. Um, and you're not like piling up all these things on your plate. Like the quicker you get things done, the quicker you'll you'll have space for new opportunities to come your way and things like that. So definitely um I would say do things quick. Um I would also say try to do as many things on your to-do list that day as possible so when you go to sleep your mind is free you're not thinking oh I was supposed to do this I was supposed to do that like I didn't get this done like you can you can sleep peacefully and the next day again you're free to have new opportunities come your way and be able to accept new opportunities um I definitely feel like um, we have to create a space for the good that we desire. So if 
if we don't leave space for the things that we want to come in our life, like if, if you if you people want a relationship, but they don't, their their ex is still there, or these other people are still there, but they want a relationship. Like you got to get those people out the way mm-hmm. to get the good that you desire, or um. If you have a couch sitting somewhere, like you can't put another couch there until you move that couch. Like, and I think people don't really get that. <laughs> as, mm-hmm. as 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 simple as it is, like I think people don't get that. Like people want new opportunities or new things to come in their way, cut to come their way, but they don't get rid of the things that are already there. Like you gotta move stuff. You want new clothes, get rid of the old clothes. Trust me, your closet will fill back up. <laughs> But it's like, if you don't get rid of certain things, you don't leave space and room for new things to come. Um, So so that would be number two. And number three, number three would be um, to just do things that you enjoy, um, do things that you want to do. Don't worry about how other people feel about it or um, don't let other people tell you what you don't need to do or don't let other people tell you the things that you don't need because no one knows what you need but you. So mm-hmm. um, I would definitely say like do do what's best for you whatever whatever that may be, whatever makes you happy, always do what you feel is best for you. I love that list I, and I'm going to tell you why I love that <laughs> list. It's such a it's such a strong list and it's just I, I feel like I feel like you probably have been like in my journal or you must be listening to every episode of the Million Dollar Mind podcast, Monica, because you've literally pointed out a couple of things that I probably said three, four, five times, you know, in certain episodes where the first one, it sounds like you're saying success, love, speed, you know, not to procrastinate. You know, if you say you're going to do something, it's focusing on how soon can I get it done without procrastination? And then with number two, Mentioning to-do list, I, I can't uh, stress enough how much I, I think that to-do list is just a, such a strong way for us to start and end our day. And you're saying like getting things done on your to-do list, it does indeed, you know, make give you better sleep because you go to sleep not only just with the piece that, OK, I got things done, but it, you go to sleep feeling accomplished, like checking that box off. Like I got that done. I got that done. You go to sleep just already feeling accomplished. Uh, same thing why I do to do list in the morning. I just, I like to start my day feeling accomplished. And um, the last one, doing what you love. I think that that's the one thing that I want to stress the most, because in today's society, I feel like uh, us as people, we like to prioritize responsibility. And we like to misconstrue responsibility as doing what you are not passionate about when really they go hand in hand. And I'm going to elaborate on that. I think that when we say, oh, I have to stick around at this job because I got bills to pay and I got people to take care of. We don't think that our responsibility is not just paying those those bills, but it's finding creative ways to do what we love so that we can still live comfortably, not going to this job that we hate every single day, complaining about it every single day, just so that we can live. Uh, so I, I love every single one of those answers. Uh, and I think that's the best uh, way for us to now transition to the next segment of the show as we wrap things up. 
So you may not know what that sound means, Monica, but our millionaires know that sound. <laughs> it means that we are now up for the rapid fire. Uh, and this is sponsored by Pod Decks. So I actually have five random questions that have nothing to do with today's conversation. Um, okay. So um, just be brief, be brilliant. If you can answer it in one word or one sentence, that's amazing. But most importantly, have fun. Okay. Okay. Awesome. So the first question is, what would be the worst ingredients to fill a burrito with? Um, pineapples. Um, strawberries and mangoes. Pineapple, strawberry, mango burrito. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I would enjoy that either. <laughs> Number two, who or where would you haunt if you were a ghost? Uh, I was a ghost. I would haunt. I would probably haunt uh, the White House. The White House? I'm sure they got a lot of ghosts hunting that thing already anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Would you want to haunt the White House? I would haunt the White House. All right. Number three, what makes you feel old? Hmm. When my friends kids like start graduating from college that's a good one for for me for me it's just seeing like uh people whenever i come across like a a song that brings back nostalgia whether it's a theme song from a 90s sitcom or something and kids nowadays say oh that's that tiktok and i'm just like no this ain't from tiktok this is from such and such what are you talking about that's mine. Exactly. That is hilarious. <laughs> Number four. This is actually a good one. What is your worst roommate or house guest story? Um, well, I wouldn't say roommate, but um, I went on a girl's trip one time and mm-hmm. um, this girl thought that I took her Gatorade and she was ready to fight me. Cause she thought, thought I took her Gatorade. So that was, Man. that was like my, <laughs> my worst, um, because you know, I was, I didn't know any of these girls and I just, I was not ready to be fighting girls on a girl's trip out of town. <laughs> Especially not over no Gatorade. I would have called her Eve the whole rest of the trip fighting over some apple juice. Right. right. <laughs> That's how it made me feel. But people, you know, when people think, when people can't find something, a lot of people automatically think you stole it. Like, you mm-hmm. know, it's not it's not their responsibility. Somebody somebody else is responsible for yeah, being mis- misplacing this. Number five, number five. We have if everything in your house had to be one color, what color would you choose? Mm, yellow. Yellow. Mm-hmm. It's a very very vibrant color. Very vibrant color. Yep. 
All right. Well, that is uh, it for our rapid fire and your final five, Monica. I appreciate you uh, being brief, brilliant and having fun with that. And um, as we wrapping things up, we come into the closing questions and it's just two more questions here. And the, the, the this next one is to have some more fun. Right. If you could give us a red pill versus blue pill scenario, what would it be? What's the red pill? What's the blue pill? Lay it on us. Red pill. Um, in terms of what though, what's in red pill, blue pill? The ball is in your court. So what I'm actually gonna do is we're gonna take this one. I'm gonna put it on the post on Twitter. I'm put it on the Facebook. I'm gonna put it on the Instagram, and I'm gonna let people literally vote for which one they will take. And I'm gonna let us know, like, hey, Monica came with us with this nice blue pill, red pill scenario. Which one you picking? So the ball's in your court. Okay. Would you rather date? A guy that treats you good but doesn't have any money, or a guy that has a lot of money but doesn't treat you good. That's a very good scenario. So I'm assuming the red pill is treat you really good with no money, and the blue pill is treat you poorly with a lot of money. Exactly. All right. Well, y'all heard it here. I'm going to drop that. In the in the Facebook group, I'll make that poll. If you guys are listening to this later on YouTube, I am going to put this on our Twitter account as well. And that's at T-H-E-M-D-M underscore pod. So make sure y'all go vote. This one for the ladies, right? I'm going to make this one for the ladies. I'm not even going to make it co-ed. I want to specifically know what the ladies are going to pick. So ladies, go ahead. Make sure y'all vote. Join the Facebook group or vote on Twitter. But I, I love that red pill, blue pill scenario, Monica. And then this last question for you is, you're walking down the street and you just magically run into 18-year-old Monica. What is some advice you would give your 18-year-old self? Some advice that I would give myself is to um, not wait on other people to make me to make me happy. I would definitely say not wait on other people to make me happy. Um, that happiness is definitely an inside job. Um, work on being happier just by yourself. <laughs> um, and um, just be fearless, be bold, and be fearless. Be, be bold, bold and brilliant. Be... Yep. I love and, that one. Um, and it, like invest in your education, invest in your mindset. That that one is is key as well. That one is key as well. You can be bold, you can be fearless all you want, but if you're not investing in that that mindset and that education, then it's like you're not growing really. So I'm going I'm going to put that at a, at the top of my list. Personally. And the last one, I will be one more, and that okay. would be to ask for help. If you need help, ask for help. I love it. I love it. Well, Monica, I appreciate you for dropping these gems on us and just being yourself uh, and being an amazing guest. And finally, I can welcome you officially to the Million Dollar Mind community. We appreciate you uh, and just everything that you're bringing to the table and continue to do the great things that you 
are doing. So now I want to give you the space to now plug yourself in. Tell us a little bit more where we can find you. Uh, I know you mentioned a lot about, you know, educating and helping other stylists get started. If you offer any mentorship to, you know, aspiring stylists out there who also want to start their own salons, we would love to hear where we can find you, how we can, you know, reach out to you and just some special things that you're excited about. Okay. So, um, my personal Instagram page is Monica Clark official on Instagram Clark with no E and my business page is the hair company USA on Instagram. Awesome. 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 (laughs) And so with that being said, Monica, I do want to, you know, take this time out again to just uh, give my, you know, greatest gratitude. And um, I hope that from this, our millionaires who are inspired by everything that you have going on, take this as an opportunity to, you know, to want to connect with you uh, and build out that village. We, we're huge fans of just, you know, building out and relying on that village. You know, it takes a village to be able to get to our goals because, as they say, your net worth is your network. So, uh, again, I appreciate you. Uh, for tapping in with us and as always to our millionaires I want, i'm super thankful to have you all a part of the show week in week out uh, and thanks in advance for becoming the change agents that you're bound to become uh, as you apply the principles that you heard today now with that being the case if you truly felt motivated and moved and you really resonated with this episode as i want to even stress even more i truly encourage you all to tap in with monica clark and really just get a chance to know a little bit more about her journey extensively outside of this episode, connect with her and see if there's ways that you can bring value to her. If you want her to bring value to you, right? Cause it's a, it's a, it's a give take. We, we're not here to just do charity. We're not here to, you know, just expect people to give, 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 because at the end of the day, as humans, we were not created to give, we were created to create. So let's create some opportunities to bring value to each other. Uh, And with that being said, I'm your guy, Kai Speaks. You just heard from Monica Clark on ways to really embrace that ability of yours to manifest and create. Just remember to keep focused, build momentum and drive results so you can live abundantly. millionaires got some quick and exciting news for you all i said i was going to make it happen and it is officially here we are now on youtube which means that video content is fully accessible to you all full episodes are going to be dropped and updated every monday and friday same cadence that you're already used to so make sure you head on over to our official youtube channel like and subscribe show all the love that you can and let that algorithm do its thing continue to put that content in front of you, but all right, got to go. Love y'all.